Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are in downtown Tomball at the Tejas Burger Joint with... Scott Moore. How y'all doing? We're doing good. You might be doing a little bit different the next few days here. <laughs> well, you got a you got a whole new restaurant opening up. So it should be Tales from the Flat Top. But there we go. Oh, yeah. love it. Tales from we, the Flat Top. We need top. another podcast. <laughs> no, that's the Bourbon Tales. Yeah, oh, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. We'll launch never... Um, but there is some bourbon on the table. That's neither here nor there. No one sponsored that bourbon other than oh, Brian's wallet. Don't so. tell Michelle. She'd be sad she's not here. <laughs> but, Scott, you've obviously had a very successful barbecue joint that's that's putting out fantastic food. And there was absolutely no reason for you to open another restaurant. Right. But, but, but here we are. How, what were the origins of the Tejas Burger Joint and, and yeah. what made this turn into a restaurant? It's just a sequence of events. Um, we had a slow day back in the spring. I think the weather was bad. Wednesday historically has been the slowest day of the week for us anyway. And we had one of those days, the weather was bad, it was slow, so you end up with time on your hands talking about, okay, all right, well, you know, what should we do? We had the house prime sandwich on the special for Wednesday, which is a great sandwich. And um, we just started thinking about ideas maybe to either change that special or add to it. And there was conversation about maybe we should do a smoked burger. And that, I picked up on that because, um, you know, that's been done in Houston before, the place on OST. Um, I can't remember the name of it, Ralph. Autos? Uh, Autos. That's Autos. Like, thank yep. you. Um, I never. I get, bi- I get some bonus points for there that. There you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, I never went, but I read about it. And so I was uh, fascinated by, it, you know, the fact that they had such a following for that smoked burger. And so we, we had the grinder. Obviously, we're making sausage. I'm like, well, let's grind some brisket up. Let's make a burger and let's smoke it and uh, put it on a Wednesday special and see what happens. And that's how it started. And it was uh, almost an instant hit. It was crazy. Um, about the third week into it, it just went off like a rocket. And um, we were, I think we sold that third week, we must have sold 85 or 90 burgers at lunchtime. It was in, we have a 24-inch flat top in the restaurant. I don't know how the heck we managed to do that. <laughs> yeah, because you're doing the buns for yeah, the sandwiches. Toasting the buns else. and all yeah. that. The advantage of the smokehouse burger is that the burger's already cooked. And all, what we do is we smoke it, and then we pull it off, and we finish on the flat top. So it doesn't have a long cook time on the flat top, so you can turn them pretty quick. But So um, it just got a life of its own. It was really amazing. And then people kept telling me, oh, there's just not a good burger to be had in this area, and Tomball is a burger desert, and which – surprised me there's a lot of places yeah. that advertise but i, I do right. understand what there's it, it's kind of like i i guess a gourmet burger concept, yeah maybe right? so which is there's there's a lot of good burgers there's a lot of above average burgers there but are there's very very few truly gourmet yeah you know and it goes back to what you guys are doing with your meat anyway right um you know good meat sourcing and and yeah. good quality meats and good grading as well yeah that was part of the part of the success of it i'm sure of it because it was not only the quality of meats, but it was the type of grind we were doing. It was fresh. It was super tender. And, you know, yeah, putting... The smoke the, definitely didn't hurt. The smoke didn't <laughs> hurt. And it's just the right amount of smoke. You know, we were doing... We started off doing them in the upright of the Black October. Because you can get a little bit more smoke on a, on meats there quicker. We only wanted the thing on there for about an hour. So it was got great smoke flavor. And um, 
people kept saying, you know, about the burgers, and they would tell me that they would chase burgers everywhere, all over the state. It was like, I think it might actually be more crazy than some of the barbecue fanatics, really. <laughs> I'm learning that there's might be a larger burger freak audience than there is a barbecue freak audience. And um, so it was really successful, and it was running hot and uh, exciting. People getting a lot of good feedback, positive feedback about it. And um, I, I think for some reason it's, it's a little more palatable financially-wise to to have a burger at that price than than even barbecue which with the price of barbecue it's it seems strange to me because it still seems on a high end for a well, burger but i think it's yeah. easier to digest no yeah. pun intended but yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's well 14 bucks for a burger you know that's probably pushing that edge of okay where does it get stupid but it's but a half pound burger yeah but it's and, a, it's and exactly. it's a half pound of, of quality meat and there yeah. were a lot of couples that came in and and shared that you know cut it in half and share it i i would do that it was big burger for me to finish and knock down but um i it was running so hot we just started i started thinking my and well the other thing too i can back up just a little bit the first day we did the burgers um i was they, i smoked them i sent them into the kitchen and i'm on the side patio over there where the black october is and the wind was just right and it picked up that smell from the flat top of a searing burger came over and i'm like oh my god smell that um, it's a new smell for us, you know. It wasn't smoke. It wasn't, you know, brisket. It was, it was just searing hunk of meat on a flat top. And I'm like, God, money, that smells good. And um, so that got me even more excited about it. And um, so it's it's taken off. And one day, a Monday, um, I left to go home, and I go out to Main Street typically and take a left to go home. And for whatever reason, I decided to take a right that day and i'm coming down main street and the light at cherry turns red catches me and parks me right in front of the space where we are today and i looked over and i saw the for lease uh, sign in a window and i knew it had been a restaurant and just just a few hundred feet from the giant pickle joint cigar guy exactly <laughs> the famous tomball mascot <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah the, the joint right that right around the corner or right down the street so and uh, my current landlord who owns um, or a tenant of at the craftery and the chocolate operation and the market, he also happens that they own this building as well, so I knew who, exactly who to go to. And um, I, I had sent him a note the next day, and I said, what are you doing in that space? But, but what, what made you decide that you wanted to do more work than you're already doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, the, and, and be open more hours and right, more days. Right, right. That's yeah, I, I, ironically, I felt like, in the end of it all, it would be easier. And it would be hard at first, but in the end of it, it would be easier. The burgers are obviously a simpler dish to cook. If you were only doing one or the other, but not both. But not both. Well, the, the <laughs> idea is to train people on burgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this, this can be self-running. There sure. you go. Yeah, yeah. So get some people in here that can cook. You teach them up. How does and are they smoked? Uh, and I'm jumping back and forth a little bit, but are they smoked here or are they smoked at, at the other location? They're smoked here now. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so I moved. mean, which is great. I mean, you've got a dedicated pit yep. for we, these burgers. Yeah, yep. Big Sam, I call it Pit Samuel Tarley. He's a, he's a perfect burger pit. He doesn't move air quite as fast as a Moberg does, so it's a little slower smoking dynamic. And since the patties are only going to be on the pit for about an hour, it works out perfect. And there's just something about that pit that puts the right amount. And same same wood that you're using. Yeah. Nothing special as Nothing far as special, that goes. Nothing special. Just post oak. Just good we wood. We season the patties a lot like we season our burn ends. And of course, ground pepper, kosher salt. We sprinkle in a little bit of what I call pixie dust, which is a blend of garlic and granulated onion. 
um, and that's it. And, in, uh, in a grind of with a little clod in the yeah. As well, we yeah. we ultimately at first we were doing straight up brisket, which worked out pretty good. Um, but when you do it on a flat top, it's a little bit fatty, and um, so we ended up blending some shoulder clod into it, a leaner, a little bit leaner cut. And that kind of helped bring a little bit more of a reasonable balance to the burger. I would say, I don't really know for sure what the fat content is. I'm going to pin it in that 70-30 range, somewhere in that ballpark. 70% lean, 30% fat. And with the exception of the native Texan, the grinds are the same across the specialty burgers. Yeah, Yeah, um, exactly. So that was part of the success of it. You know, we're using all natural prime grade brisket to grind up in a burger. It sounds like insanity. But... In addition you to get, you get well, yeah. Let me ask. I mean, from a trimming perspective, I guess you get more production out of that than you do a brisket, though, right? You do. Yeah, yeah you lose a lot less actually. Yeah, that's so that's, correct. that's actually a good. Good. Thing. Here's the other thing: you're selling and presenting and advertising a burger pre-cooked weight, so it's a huge difference. And you start thinking about margins. Yeah, you're not putting them on a scale and yeah. weighing them out. Yeah, I'm not selling a cooked weight where it's where it's a 45 percent. Uh, yield if you're lucky on a prime yeah, it's all a, natural. It's a really interesting topic. I mean, because yeah. when we when you buy and when you serve barbecue, you serve it as as a post cooked weight. But every other, I think every other business. I mean, if you buy a T bone steak, oh yeah, steakhouses are steakhouses. You're selling yeah. at a pre cooked weight as pre-cooked. well. That's the yeah. only business that I think they do it post cooked. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Next yeah. year there'll be the first barbecue joint. That's yeah, I know. Damn it, we just now. we just screwed <laughs> ourselves over because. <laughs> That'll improve the margins a that little bit. That would be. Yeah. That would. That would yeah, figure make that make out. half the people really happy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was part of it. Just to look at the appeal of it. I started playing around with some of the finances of it, and I said, you know, I thought starting to realize, you know, I think a burger place could be probably more profitable than a and, than a barbecue. And what made you decide to a dedicated space instead of saying turning Tejas into a burger joint at night and trying yeah. to do everything out of one one? Well, building? if this space had not been available. And the fact that it was on Main Street, and I was really, the idea of putting our brand basically on Main Street Tomball had a lot of appeal to me. Because, yeah, we're our destination barbecue place, but we're a block and a half off of Main Street, and um, we don't get drive-bys. So we were going to have an opportunity to put our brand on Main Street. So that's part of the appeal. But we came darn close to just doing that very thing, maybe running, uh, closing a barbecue restaurant at 3 o'clock and reopening as a burger place at 5. We I probably would have saved, well, it would have saved us a lot of money in startup, but um, we're pretty excited about being on Main Street. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think location, which they say is, is a big thing, but also the ability to sell the burgers during the day without the line of the barbecue joint yeah. and, and separate those two businesses. I, I think it's good. It's just right. obviously and, a mean, lot of work. There's yeah. crossover marketing. I mean, there's people that love barbecue that love burgers, yeah. but there's a lot of people that will probably never come and order a pound of brisket yeah. that will come in here once a week and get a burger. Right. Yeah. And, the, and they may order a pound of brisket after eating the burger, too. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. This is very yeah. true. Well, we had the, Gateway we had, drug. We had the, you know, the event on Friday night and Saturday. Didn't make an announcement. We just opened up. And we already had, I think we had three groups, three on Saturday who had never heard of us. They were in Tomball shopping, and somebody just kind of stumbled in. Then they found out about the barbecue. One group literally ate burgers here, walked over to the market deli, and got three pounds of brisket to go. <laughs> See, there you go. So yeah, yeah. we're already experiencing that cross-marketing opportunity. So um, that was that was a part of it, but. You know, going back to why it's um, and why you know you're crazy because it's hard, but it's a teachable thing. So ideally, we'll get people trained up, and it's pretty much you know I just kind of check in on it. So Do- when we talk about a barbecue kind of 
you know, where were your influences or your aha moments? Yeah. Other than hearing about autos, I mean, what what, what do you remember, bar, what do you remember burger-wise that maybe you really liked a particular place or? I, yeah, um, I'm, I'm a, I like burgers a lot and I do them at home a lot. And, um, you know, but you know, like burger places in town, uh, Stanton City Bites, I think makes a fantastic burger. Hubcap Grill, another one of my favorite places. Um, the little place over in Tomball runs, uh, and it's a different. It reminds me hamburgers and chili. Yeah, hamburgers and it's a little and thin patty. Um, I think they came out of Oklahoma. I used to eat at a. I went to grade school in Oklahoma City, and uh, there was a marina. We'd go fishing, and the marina made its burger. It reminds me a lot of Ron's Burger. So maybe it's that's my connection. But it's a good hot fresh burger. Jack's Burger um, for a long time was good. I think there's been a change of ownership or something but just, i think the dilution of the brand maybe so yeah. but there was one on 2920 that i hit up regular and it would come out it was hot fresh and delicious and most for the most part when it comes to burger i'm a classic kind of guy you know give me the mustard mayo pickles onions lettuce that kind of thing but um but you know burgers is just is obviously it's nothing, hardly thing hard to find something more american than a burger the biggest thing that i found with burgers is it's easy to overcomplicate them, yeah, and and it's easy to do too much with them. And, and it shouldn't be a giant meat stack. It should just be a, right. a, a few ingredients, uh, right? And and you see, like I mean, the hotel burgers that are five hundred dollars that have twenty four karat. I mean, the, the goofy gimmicky Crazy, stuff, yeah. yeah. But 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 you guys have kind of you you've taken a menu and you've put your spin on it and you've got the the yeah. Tejas signature that goes onto the menu, but you haven't overcomplicated any of these burgers. Let's talk a little bit about what's on the Tejas burger yeah. joint menu. Yeah. So we have basically two size patties. Um, we do an eight ounce patty for the smoked burgers. And we, so we have, I think we have six signature burgers on the board right now uh, that all get that eight ounce smoked patty. Um, so the Smokehouse Burger is what started it all. That's up there. And then we do um, a mushroom Swiss, kind of a classic deal. Um, and we do a blue cheese, you know, yeah. obviously the brisket, yeah, right? The brisket <laughs> blue sandwich part of the reason for that but who does you know blue cheese on a burger is always just a good a good thing um we're making our own bacon for all those burgers i think that's an um, important thing for people yeah. to know because that that really does change the game a lot yeah, it does it we're using the pork belly for the restaurant to make our bacon it's uh, pretty expensive but it makes a beautiful bacon um the burger that's on here it might be the sleeper um gonna see how the community reacts to it is the caesar burger um in Oklahoma City, there was a restaurant, a burger place here called Split Teas, and they had this double door and the tea split when you open the doors, and um, they had a Caesar burger on the menu there. And but I don't remember it that much because I moved to Houston when I was 12. Um, but that was our standard go-to burger at home a lot. It was a simple thing to do. You actually would dress romaine with Marie's Caesar dressing that you get in the mm -hmm. produce department. And make it a little bit saucy, and the combination of a Caesar salad on a charred piece of meat is pretty remarkable. Hmm. And so we'll see. And that's the least expensive of the signature burgers we have up there. Now you, um, you said you've had some people already talk about stuff. I have to ask, like, who's going to be the first to do a pastrami burger? <laughs> oh, <Lord>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, it's probably going to be. It probably will happen here. Would be my guess. <laughs> Maybe some special nights. Here. Yeah. I mean, but, you, but I mean, the, the the menu that you have offer is it's plenty of variety. I mean, it's, yeah. it's some great stuff on there too. I think the one that um, we probably you know, in addition to the Smokehouse Burger, the one we're probably get most known for is the one up there I call the Native Texan, 
we take our chili relleno grind basically um, with that sausage um, minus the cheese for the patty and we smoke that and then we finish it on a flat top with pepper jack cheese and put the cheese back in it it's got some poblanos on top a poblano mayo underneath the patty is a soft corn tortilla and some ranchero sauce uh, and then on the top's got a little uh, adobo guacamole so it's like you know, when you bite that if you don't like that sandwich you're not a texan <laughs> so or you know you don't have to be born here to like it but you know you certainly need to be a texan yeah you've got what, what you guys need to do even though there's there's not like fifty thousand options but I, I think you need a burger passport so that everybody yeah. can kind of go so around try because then, then, then yeah. they'll try yeah. the things try like the caesar's burger yeah. right and yeah. and uh, or caesar burger not caesar's burger yeah no yeah. Did caesar live here no <laughs> the chili annual link obviously yeah. is the stuff of legend at this point yeah anyone listening to the show has probably eaten that sausage if you we may have even given it to him we, we, there's a very <laughs> yeah. good chance we gave it to him at some point but yes yeah. that the the idea of having that as part of the grind in a burger is just yeah good lord it works it does it works and then the uh, six ounce, we do a six ounce patty for just a flat top burger. Um, I wanted to have um, a burger under nine bucks. So we have that six ounce burger. Um, we have a condiment station. We'll give you the burger. You go over there and sort of like Fuddrucker style. You just grab whatever you want. Yeah. Too, for people that kind yeah. of, I, and again, I remember back when they used to have the, the whole sides of beef hanging in the restaurant. Right. And uh, that's always what I remember about it. And it was good at the time. It's still it's been a while, but the last few visits weren't bad. But yeah. it was just a big experience back in the day when you walked through and there was an actual a butcher shop. Or at least, they I don't know the, if it was real, but I, it looked real. It looked real. And yeah. I think they had the ground patties in the window, too, mm-hmm. where yeah. you could see that, and it looked cool. And um, I, I loved Fuddruckers when they were good. Yeah. And, um, in fact, I used to eat at the one where Wayne's got his barbecue restaurant now. His brisket house <laughs> right, has moved right, into that right little space. Right, right on 1960, yeah. 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 Um, so, but I, I enjoyed... The condiment, you know, get your own condiment kind of deal. And it takes a little pressure off the kitchen, too, that way, worrying about modifiers, you know, and screwing that up. So it say, it, or if they, if they yeah. put something on they shouldn't have. Right. And then you, you have to ruin a whole burger because somebody doesn't like tomatoes, for goodness sakes. And, oh, you know, you my, the on onion has contaminated my pickles. <laughs> You're going to die. <laughs> okay, I have to. I don't care if Andrew cuts this out. But I, I used to work with an individual that, that – had this like bizarre pickle anti-fetish and he wasn't allergic or anything but if there was he would ask for no pickles touching anything on the plate at all and if they brought it out and it had a pickle he had to return the entire plate oh god and it was just you know a pickle spear on an entire plate of food had to go back oh my god yeah it was it was crazy but he was so was he um he, he, he moved back to the U.K. So good. There you go. We don't need it. <laughs> well, I think burgers are a good example of a lot of things for us Americans and people, individuals. People like their burgers a, um, in a certain way. There are those who are going to eat the same burger every time they come in, and there are others will be a little bit more adventurous. So. And definitely be. And, and um, you know, sides are pretty basic. Um, yeah. But fries, rings, and tots. Yep. And, and I know you guys are really searching out for kind of the best – the best fry. I mean, again, it's not just here's we've got the fries. It down to, we've go. got it down to two. You know, um, we are going to go with a frozen product. The, uh, the the work and the storage requirement to do hand-cut fries versus the payoff it just isn't really worth it necessarily. Um, what's setting us apart and that's very unique that's in the fry is that we're grinding brisket fat over at the barbecue restaurant, rendering it on a pit, and we're implementing that into the fry oil. And so you're going to get this very rich one of the many uses for that beef tallow yeah. yes yeah. we actually tried some fries and pure beef tallow 
and it was it's so rich you just can't you can't finish it you just it's too much so we cut it with some fry oil and uh, but it's there it's really a uh, interesting bite get that smokiness from that brisket tallow and the heavy, and richness of it so that's going to be on here that'll be the stand apart deal and um so anyway that's kind of like a spin on i think it's a belgium thing where they where they fry them in duck fat yeah and so it's kind of like the texas version of that yeah you know rendered beef tallow doesn't get any better and duck fat fries are great and i've had them but they you know honestly it's the same thing it's almost a little it gets a little too rich for me yeah it's it's you know a couple of fries and you're done you exactly don't want a basket of something exactly like yeah. exactly but the you know the frozen you know potatoes is one of those things that is so it's come so well out of a freezer um, and so that's what we're doing on that fries, tots, and rings. Uh, keeping it simple. We're actually burgers are going to be served with a product that's called a lattice chip, and so it's more of a potato chip, and it looks kind of like a skinny, crispy waffle fry. So it's a really cool bite. It's really you get seasoning down in those little nooks and crannies. That'll be the standard with all the burgers, unless somebody wants to upgrade to a fryer or a ring. So, and so, say, so that comes with the price. Yeah, of the it comes burger. with yeah, yeah, it comes with the price of burgers. So eight ninety five hamburger comes with a nice portion of lattice chips, and uh, so we fry that in house, uh, in the in the brisket tallow vegetable oil. So it's a good right. it's a good chip. <clears throat> I didn't have that at the uh, soft opening. I think I'm I think have we to. I think we ran out. Yeah, <laughs> I think we ran out. Brian we, got there late. We we, we did yeah. uh, we actually did a freezer dump for that. We had. A lot of samples that we just kind of went went through to get rid of clear the way for the regular deal. And the, we're down to a choice of two fries. We haven't well settle on that maybe this week exactly the fry we're going to go with. So we we've talked about all the glorious parts of opening a restaurant, <laughs> all, all the wonderful menus and potential customers and yeah. great items. But there's there's a whole other side to this opening a restaurant Dark business. Side. That, yeah, well, this was already a restaurant, so they just brought yeah. some meat in and threw the sign and on, right? And just opened the door, right? It was that simple. Well, that's why I made the phone call. So, oh, it's already a restaurant. Um, it's permitted. I'm ready to go. We'll just move in there, decorate the place a little bit, and we'll be good to go. That's that was what I thought when I signed the lease. But uh, quickly learned that's not the case. You know, with the permitting for the building itself, it was it was all set and like you know city of tomball was great um it's already classified as a restaurant so i didn't have to do a change of occupancy when you go from a mercantile or uh, another grade and you move into and you try to transform change the space into a class a restaurant tomball it's a process a big process and it can be an expensive process so that part we didn't have to deal with that was already there but the health the health department requirements for things like uh, bathrooms and storage rooms um the the target move which again was was permitted yeah. prior to you guys coming in twice so, yeah. two different restaurants but when we got our hands on it those places needed modifications suddenly um so we made the mistake of assuming because it had been permitted twice when we did get ready for our pre-opening opening inspection that we didn't have to do anything because it was already and they came in it was the first thing they picked off was the texture of the walls and the bathrooms and the storage closet. And I'm just, you know, I, I was a little bit proud of myself. I didn't punch the inspector in the face. <laughs> I didn't cuss at him. You didn't publish his phone number on Twitter? I didn't publish his phone number on Twitter. <laughs> um, I simply walked out the back door and then um, walked down the alley and gave myself a little time to cool off. But, yeah, that was um, that was just crazy. So, And they, they admit 
that they are moving the target for requirements constantly. So anytime a new I mean, guy, and some of this stuff, I mean, it, it's not there's not a guidebook or anything that's clear. Well, to they well, have to rewrite it every two weeks. It's a big book. It's a big publication, and it's it was in there. It's in the publication. We didn't we missed that page or didn't go seeking that page. Um, so the book is there um, for inspectors to interpret or have a way to pick off what they want to. And, um, you know, not every restaurant in this area is held to the same standard. And, and that, that was as well across many businesses. That yeah. was kind of backdoor admitted to us as well is that, you know, there was a lot of eyes on this project and things had to be done to the T and so forth and so on. So um, not that we don't intend to do everything up and up anyhow, but so there were some little misunderstandings and frustrations most, there. Most of the people that I see that are trying to open a, a new restaurant, barbecue or, or otherwise, I mean, that there's that expectation of when they're going to open and then the reality. Yeah. I mean, how long extra was that? I mean, it was, days, um, weeks, months? I thought we'd be open in June and we wow. got open in October. Wow. So six months. Yeah. yeah. Four well, months. Do four months. months. Yeah. Do the math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always, I always have the, uh, probably an unrealistic expectation for that because I'm ready to go. But, but <clears> I think, <throat> but every, everybody that I talked to that have had this, this, yeah. not just this particular issue, but yeah. issues with opening. Yeah. It's always that. It's, 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 yeah. It's codes and different things that and, you never would have thought of. And it can put somebody out of business if you don't have the money to sustain the, it yeah. in, in that, the meantime. That's always yeah. the risk is a lot of times when you're opening a restaurant, you're doing it on a shoestring yeah. budget and you're putting everything you've got into it. And so you need things yeah. to go on these timelines. And when they don't, it can become difficult. Well, and we, it's a moving target, like you said. Yeah. When we opened the barbecue restaurant, I mean, we, I hadn't told this story too often, but we, we was um, a year late, later than I thought it would be. So we were surviving on money for, for over a year, and um, the build-out was more expensive than you thought it was going to be, of course, even though we thought we had, had over-budgeted. Anyway, and um, we we literally opened up the barbecue restaurant. We were, Our account was under $5,000 when we placed our open ingredient. Uh, order so it was it was a little it was terrifying um, here in this particular case we're a little stronger now so we not quite the same amount Other of pressure than just like having having extra money set aside I mean yeah. is there any advice you could give somebody that's that's trying to make that leap I mean is it what can they do to prepare a little better I don't you know it, um, be patient I mean you just reach deep you know, you're, you're gonna find hurdles you didn't see coming and just just roll with it and there's nothing you can do about it i mean you're not going to win those arguments with building code people and inspectors you just kind of have to do what they tell you to do period so just don't fight it and um be prepared for it you're it's never gonna i would like for somebody to tell me a story where everything happened right on the timeline i would love to hear that story and swear on a stack of bibles that's what took <laughs> oh, place. i mean every every business i'm aware of that i've watched as they yeah. opened i mean it doesn't matter whether I mean, barbecue joint or not, but it, yeah, the expected opening date. And then, yeah. I mean, you know, not to pick on truth, but I mean, it was like a year after yeah. we thought they would yeah. be able to open that they yeah. opened it. Well, there's just so many variables. Not even before you even get to the health department code right. aspect of it, there's contractors and you're going to find good ones. They're going to find bad ones. And if you spend enough We've time. We've seen that too. Yeah. Well, the contractor oh, ran yeah, out yeah, with yeah, the money. Yeah. yeah, totally. We at the barbecue restaurant, we had a big problem with plumbing for a while. We'd get a plumber in to quote the job we had him to do, and they would say they would do it, and we wouldn't hear from them for three or four days. And they 
learned that they didn't want to deal with the city of Tomball, so they disappeared. And it add, every time it took place, it added two weeks in the process. Find another plumber. Okay, I can't get out there for the next week. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. And you don't hear from him for three or four days, and you realize he's going to no-bid it, and you got to go find another plumber. And so same that, that can happen to you, you know, those types of delays on and on and on. So one of the delays was my own incident with the gas meter out behind. <laughs> If you're not following Scott Moore on Instagram, <laughs> you really need to be. Yeah, so let's talk <laughs> so about this gas it, meter. It, it's, like, it's like the, you know, deep thoughts by Jack Handy version of the restaurant world. <laughs> <laughs> Try to have fun with that and maintain a sense of humor, otherwise you go nuts. But, yeah, there's a gas meter out on the end of the wall behind a restaurant that, it's weird, it, 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 it sticks out in a bad spot now. But there at the time... There was a mound of dirt there that the neighboring building had been doing a bunch of plumbing work, and they had piled this dirt up. Well, when I took the corner leaving out of the back of the burger place, the burger joint, um, I thought my truck was rolling up on that dirt mound, but in fact I was rolling up over the gas meter, and I took it right out. Uh, That cost 1800 bucks to get that back in line and on board. And And you had to wear the the I had to wear the dumbass helmet, yeah. yeah. Dumbass helmet of the day, so we still have that helmet, but <laughs> but you know things you just you just so many things you just don't see, and um, it's gonna it's gonna happen to you. From from a staffing perspective, you know we we talked a little bit about it. It's a little easier to run a barbecue, yeah. I mean a, a burger joint yeah. than a barbecue joint. What are kind of the complexities around staffing at a at a burger joint? First of all, it's finding people that will show up for work. That's a challenge. Um, you know, it takes skill to cook a burger. There's no two ways about it. I mean, it's about time and temperature, much like barbecue, just happens faster. Um, when we're smoking. Okay, have you seen the Wendy's training video on burgers? No. Okay, after this podcast. <laughs> I need to go see that. I will huh? go watch this. They did an 80s rap on how to cook a burger. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'll watch that later. <laughs> well, I read, you know, I read uh, Anthony Bourdain's recommendations for how to cook a burger which included i believe seasoning the hamburger patty more than an hour before you cook it so i don't know how many burger restaurants are going to have that luxury um but but there's a lot a lot goes into it the skill that you know we had our opening the flat top got running kind of hot so we got some cherry burgers that went out the window so we're learning and we tweaked it um, a good bit for the next day but um there's a definitely a skill set there but it's still easier than teaching somebody how to run a firebox, how to season a big piece of meat, trim it and season it, how to know when a brisket's done, when to pull it, what to do with it. So there's a lot lot there. And the shift, the, the brisket shift is 14 hours and a burger shift is half a day. So there's that element of it. So, but toasting buns is another skill. You can burn a bun, you can under toast a bun, you gotta know when things yeah, are done. Yeah, perfect right. bun is great. It but, is. You know. Well, it's, it's been a longer than expected road to get here, but yeah. it's uh, it's it's finally time to to open this nice, wonderful bar er, barbecue. Gosh, I know we keep saying it's like it. we've well. done two hundred episodes of a <laughs> yeah. barbecue show. Right, this beautiful burger joint. Let's talk about hours, location, yep. Yep. where everyone can find this place. Right on. Well, we're uh, two one four West Main Street in Old Town Tomball. Between, we're just a little bit east of the Cherry Street, the big, the big intersection there. Um, we're on the north side of Main Street, right across from the visitor center, uh, Tomball Visitor Center. There's a 
there's a big parking lot across the street uh, where it's for the tax office, but it's a giant lot and for the visitor center. It's where the farmer's market is on Saturday, right across the street from the restaurant. So the thing to do for me would be to park over there and catch the crosswalk at Cherry Street and walk over. You can literally park at the parking lot across the street from the barbecue restaurant and walk over here. We're a block and a half. Um, so it's a pretty short walk all the way from that parking lot. With, the, with all the beef tallow, maybe that's a good walk. Yeah, <laughs> you might need to walk off a burger and a shake, you know. I might need to space. But um, anyway, so that's where the location and suggestions for parking. Um, the hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 11 to 8 p.m. And then Friday and Saturday, we're going to stay open until 9 p.m. And we're going to take a run at uh, being open on Sunday for 11 to 3, do a little Sunday brunch and see how that goes, and closed on Monday. Well, there you have it, folks. It's open now. You can get to Tejas Burger Joint any day but Monday. You can get one of the signature burgers. <laughs> the fried egg option for the native Texan might be the winner, too, on that burger. I think that would be a good. We'll have that Smoke option. Smokehouse with a fried egg, too. That's a good option, too. Yeah, yeah an egg, you know, a good egg. Run, that's another skill set, cooking an egg to the right temperature yeah. so it runs down in there. That's a big deal. So, anyway. Right. No, great things. Coming from Tejas, taking over Tom Ball. Yeah. Um, Tejas Burger Joint, you have no excuse because they, they're open into the evenings and open on Sundays. Yeah. And now you can bring a crowd. You can split a few burgers and then walk yep. to the burger. It's, it's going to be it's gonna, joint and one more note on that. We're going to be BYOB for a little while. We don't have our license yet on the beer and wine. So, and we're, uh, we're about a block, block and a half from Fire Ant Brewery. Yeah. So there's a brewery in Tom Ball now and then the Main Street Crossing, which is live music. Yeah. I so mean, this is... I don't want to say you guys are going to revitalize downtown, but honestly, this yeah. could be the the big wave that Tumball downtown Tumball is needed. It, are, it hap- it's happening. You know, there was uh, two people I know on Friday night came and saw that how busy we were. Decided they were invited to the party and, and um, decided, oh, okay, let's wait. As they walked over to the brewery, had a couple of beers, and came back until the dust settled a little bit. And so. I think that's cool that that might happen. You know, you go. There's some great concerts at Main Street Crossing. Totally. It's a really intimate, intimate place, so it's uh, pretty neat. Cool to have you guys in Tumble. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that in that way. So BYOB for now. When that changes, you'll, I'm sure you'll hear about it. But for yeah. now, it's BYOB. And uh, get out here and eat some burgers. Right on, man.